is, how powerful the name is. Hallelujah, Jesus, the name that is above every name. Amen. And thankful to feel his presence and to be able to call upon him. Amen. Just by speaking his name. Amen. As we are standing, we can go to the word of the Lord today. Acts, the 27th chapter. Acts 27, uh, verse 14 says, But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. When the ship was caught and could not bear it into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat. We had taken up, they used helps ungirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, a strake sail, and so were driven. And we, being exceedingly tossed in a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out with our own hands a tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, no small tempest lay upon us. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and have not loosed from Crete to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheers, cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Amen. Verse 23, for there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Amen. Uh, quite the uh, account here uh, this time in Paul's life. Man, we're going to talk about the covering. The covering. Tur turn to a few people and shake their hands. Greet them as you're seated today. Amen. I don't think that uh, there is a, another person who has had such a drastic impact on the kingdom of God than the Apostle Paul. They all uh, had uh, an impact, but Paul obviously had such a huge impact. When we hear the phrase, impact the kingdom of God, we uh, probably think, uh, about impacting it in a good way, which there is no doubt that the Apostle Paul had an amazing impact on the kingdom. But Paul also had a negative impact on the kingdom of God. Before he had an encounter with Jesus Christ, he was the chief persecutor against the church. He was the one who led up the task force to go hunt down um, and throw in prison and, and jail and, and whatever else. He had the authority and power to go do that, to raid people's homes and, and to arrest them uh, for 
spreading this new doctrine and abiding by the things that Jesus taught. And there was nobody more passionate to persecute than Saul. He was, he was all for it. He was excited, um, almost as excited as these new IRS agents are going to be once they get hired. Uh, nobody more obsessed to throw Christians in jail than Saul. Saul would even hold the coat of those if he didn't necessarily get his hands dirty by picking up the stones and throwing them at the, uh, the disciples of Jesus Christ. He would happily hold their coats so they could throw uh, without anything holding them back. But we know that even when Saul wasn't living in truth, God still used his actions to advance the church. Because of, of what Paul was doing against the kingdom, he was bringing persecution against the church. Uh, God used that to help spread the church and to spread the gospel uh, out from uh, Jerusalem into Judea and Samaria and ultimately to the uttermost parts of the earth uh, because the church was having revival, the church was on fire, the church was seeing great things happen, um, but they were keeping everything inside Jerusalem. And Acts chapter 1 and 8 says, We shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And so uh, Jerusalem was the beginning point, but it was not the end point. The end point of the gospel and the Holy Ghost outpouring was the entire world. And after about 10 years or so, everything was still in Jerusalem. And so God allowed this persecution to come by the hand of Saul, and that got them out of Jerusalem, got them out of their thinking, got them out of their mindset, and they began to spread uh, the truth and the gospel to the other parts of the world. Amen. And so God's will is going to be done no matter what. I mean, we may have our, our own thinking and have our own ways of doing things, but ultimately whatever is going to happen, God's will is going to be done, and he's, he'll use whoever he has to use. If, if we won't submit, then he'll use somebody else. If, if we won't move, then he'll do something to stir us, and uh, we don't need to wait for God to stir us. We should be asking God to pour out the Holy Ghost, baptize us again, pour out the fire in my life. I I need a fresh outpouring, a fresh touch from you, Jesus, so that I can be renewed and restored and become that person you are calling us to be. Amen. We shouldn't have to wait on God to nudge us and to push us, but to step out in faith and to do what God is asking us to do because his will is going to be done no matter what. The pendulum of passion that Saul had against the church ultimately swung the other way once God got a hold of him and he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. Jesus extended his grace to this Christian killer. Now think about of all people that you would want to maybe think about withholding grace, withholding mercy, uh, would be the Christian killer. Uh, when I talk with people uh, uh, about uh, uh, Jesus and, 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 and 
coming to Christ and, and giving their lives to him, many people think they're not worthy because of what they have done. And I always like to bring up Saul because then I ask them, have you killed any Christians? Saul killed Christians and, and God turned him around and he became a mighty apostle. And so if, if nobody has killed a Christian, I think that's pretty bad. All sin is sin, but, I mean, killing Christians and attacking church, that seems pretty bad. If God can use somebody like that and turn them around and baptize them in Jesus' name and fill them with the Holy Ghost, God can do anything with us. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've come from, or what you can do. The grace of God is sufficient for everybody. His blood covers a multitude of sins. It's all buried in the name of Jesus it's in the past and let's step forward and be who God has called us to be because God is an empowering us through his spirit amen for his will to be done and to use us amen so we are all without excuse everyone is without excuse because even a Christian killer became an apostle aren't you thankful for the grace of God in your life that he extended grace to us, and I'm thankful that grace isn't for a select few, that isn't just for rich or people that have a name, but uh, we would not be here today without the grace of God. Uh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Can I tell you today, it doesn't matter where you've come from, his grace is here, and his grace is sufficient for thee. It doesn't matter what you've done or how bad you were yesterday or last week, his grace is here today to give us another opportunity, amen, to encounter Jesus Christ. Grace gave Saul a moment with the Lord on the road to Damascus, and it forever changed his life. The power, the power of a moment, just a moment with Jesus can change your life. And Saul did more than just accept Jesus to be his Lord and Savior. If you keep on reading in Acts chapter 9, Scripture says that he was filled with the Holy Ghost and was baptized. And so as much as we have to believe, there's still more to the story of getting baptized and getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, grace was given to Saul so that he would turn from his ways with repentance that he would be baptized and he would be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's an amazing coincidence that what happened to Saul, the Christian killer, was also what the, the apostles were preaching on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as the many as our Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added to the church about 3,000 souls. Now, it doesn't say how they were baptized, but he just talked about being baptized in Jesus' name, so you have to assume that they would be baptized in Jesus' name. Now, many scholars out there will say, well, it doesn't say how they were baptized. Well, two verses earlier, he said, get baptized in Jesus' name. Why would they get baptized any other way? And so if grace turned an assassin 
into an apostle, what can God do in your life? What can God do for you? What is waiting for you today? What is God's grace trying to give to us in this moment today? And if you haven't asked God for forgiveness, grace has given you a moment. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, grace has given you an opportunity today. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost and spoken other tongues, I believe that God wants to give it to you and to fill you today. If you believe it, you can receive it. And so don't sell grace short today because don't pass up on what God has promised you while we have been given a moment. We're not promised tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't even know if we're going to make it to tomorrow. But all we have is today. All we have is this moment. And so after uh, this Pentecostal experience uh, that, Paul, that Saul had, he became uh, Paul. Uh, he wanted to change his name so that he wouldn't recognize him. He maybe should have picked something that didn't rhyme with Saul. Right? You're Saul. No, I'm Paul. I'm Saul's brother. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked, really looked into why uh, it became Paul, but I guess that would be a good dive to look into. But uh, he became one of the greatest uh, apostles, if not the greatest, if we're going to rank. He dedicates his life to impacting the kingdom of God in a good way. God uses him mightily to perform miracles, signs, and wonders and Paul starts living and walking on the straight and narrow, living right and doing right and uh, blessing instead of cursing as we all should be doing now, blessing and, and living right and trying to walk the straight and narrow. But in our text, we find Paul in, in a ship. He is not, the, uh, he's not a passenger on a cruise ship, but he is a detainee on a prison or transport ship. On this ship, uh, they don't turn down your sheets and place a mint on your pillow. Uh, they didn't have lobster buffets all day long. Uh, Saul, the, uh, the leader of the church, if you will, the anointed apostle of God is bound hand and foot on a ship with guys who are all innocent. I feel bad for Paul because as they go around the ship telling everybody the crime that they have been falsely accused of, this one murder and this one theft and this one assault and this one grand theft camel and this one, uh, this one stealing and this one uh, murder and, and all these horrendous uh, sins and, and uh, crimes committed. And then when it's Paul's turn, said, what, do you, what are you in here for? Preaching. Preaching. And you know, once they found out that he was a preacher, I'm sure they all got to take their turns telling the, the, the preacher man how innocent they were and confessing and uh, it wasn't really me. And then they're asking if they can still go to heaven and all these things. But how many times do we get frustrated or uh, upset with God because we are living right and we are doing things the right way 
and we still find ourselves on a boat with prisoners. How many times have we told God, God, I, I don't deserve this. Uh, I, I'm faithful to church, and uh, God, I'm faithful in my giving, and God, I, I support uh, missionaries, and I give the faith promise, and I, uh, I support the church any way that I can, and uh, I'm trying to live right, but, not, but I'm a prisoner on a transport ship, and this is not what I signed up for. Uh, but let me put a plug in there. Uh, this Thursday night, we're having a missionary uh, come. I forgot to announce that, but a missionary coming uh, Thursday night. It will not be live streamed because he is asked not to do it because of security purposes of where the country that he is in, uh, a Muslim-controlled country, and they don't want, you know, you don't want to be broadcasting anybody's name that can be found on the Internet uh, who's coming in there. So uh, you'll have to show up to see where he is from and to hear what God is doing. Even in dark countries where uh, God is not honored, God's still going to send missionaries. People still feel the call. Hey, I feel the call to go. I feel the call to preach. And doesn't matter what's going to happen. The, the church is going to survive and as the church is going to grow and thrive. Amen. And so uh, Thursday night, 730, uh, come in here and support the missionary who is uh, clearly putting his life in danger. And uh, we get upset sometimes if something happens to us. You know, we always think our problems are the worst until we find out somebody else's situation is so much worse. We are a blessed people. And let's not let the blessings get us uh, casual and lackadaisical and lazy and, and our commitments to God. But uh, we should uh, take the blessing that God has given us and do even more for the kingdom of God. Amen. And so uh, here's Paul, the man living right, and he's on a prisoner ship, and not what he signed up for. And but where did we get this idea that because we have given our life to Jesus Christ, that we get to skip the line? We get to live on a luxury cruise ship all of our days. Uh, no more stormy seas and no more bread and butter, but now we get the good stuff and surf and turf and all kinds of, all because we gave our life to Jesus and now we're going to church. Why, why don't you, you don't think Paul thought that? Well, what, what am I doing out here? Why am I in this situation? Why is this happening to me? And in those times, uh, that we think that we have been abandoned, we feel that God has left us and we've maybe been misled or maybe we didn't hear things right or maybe we'll get confused or depression starts to creep in because we look around and, and we assess our situation and we find ourselves in the same situation as someone else who's not even living for God. They don't even go to church and how are we in the same boat? I go to church. I shouldn't be in this boat. I'm in a boat full of, of prisoners and uh, godless prisoners and criminals, and, and, and I should not be here. Uh, but I, I know that they haven't been living right, but I, I can pretty assume a test that may, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've been living right, but how are we in the same boat? I know they don't go to church, but I do. I know they don't care about God and his word, but, but I do, and yet we are here in the same boat. Anybody kind of ever felt like that before? 
But don't let your situation begin to eat away at your faith, eat away at what God has done for you, where God has brought you from. Uh, it's just a temporary situation. Uh, it's not like he's called you to live in that boat the rest of your life. It's just a temporary thing. Don't let our environment eat away at, at our identity because we are and you are different than them. And that God has done something in your life. God has made you a new creature. He's baptized you and filled you with the Holy Ghost. So don't let your surrounding seeds begin to sow some doubt in your life uh, because you still are a child of God. You still are saved by grace. You still call upon the name of the Lord. Even though our scenery changes, that doesn't change who we are. We are still a child of the King, and we have been bought with a price. You may be in the same situation as somebody else, But God has placed something on your life. His hand is over your life. God has placed an anointing upon your life, and he's covered you uh, with your life. And that anointing, that mantle, that comes with protection. That comes with safety. There comes some deliverance with that. There comes with God's anointing a peace that passes all understanding that even though I'm in a prisonership, I still have a peace deep down inside that comes from the Holy Ghost. Even though I know I really don't deserve to be here, I feel that peace in my heart because of what God is doing in my life and the covering he has placed upon me. That is something that you cannot buy in the stores. You cannot buy that safety and that security. You cannot buy that peace and that comforting uh, uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, That anointing only comes from God, and it's his sign, it's his seal on your life that claiming us as his children. And so as the guards take attendance, they come to Paul, and they they just know there's just something different about this guy. They got a boatload of criminals, and, and here's Paul. He just he stands out like a sore thumb. They, just, he, he, they know he doesn't really belong here to be treated like these guys do. Um, but um, they, 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 they know there's something different, and that's what the Holy Ghost is. You got the Holy Ghost. It's, things are just going to happen in your life. The fruit of the Spirit is just going to come out, and, and God's glory and his light and his, his majesty is gonna, just going to emit from you. And people are going to tell there's something different about you because you had an experience with Jesus Christ, and you can't help not to be the same, amen, because of what God has done. And so I, I believe the anointing of God is that uh, invisible covering, that mantle that can be seen and sensed by people in this world. Paul, you might be in the boat with prisoners, but there's something different about you. Paul, your situation is the best. Uh, uh, I know, but I know that I'm called by God. I I know there's anointing upon my life. I I know that there's a covering over me. Uh, I know things aren't looking good, but I I can feel his hand upon my life, and I know that everything is going to work out. Sometimes that's why God puts us in those situations, so that we can speak to somebody else. Maybe God wanted to reach a prisoner on that boat. And so what happens, he has to send a preacher to reach that person. 
And so we don't, we don't know many times of why things happen or how we end up in a place, but we got to get out of the mindset thinking, why is this all about me? Maybe most of the time it's probably not about us, but it's about somebody else. And if we get the eyes off of us and start looking, God, is there somebody here? You've placed me in this boat because you want to speak a word to somebody. You want to speak into somebody's life. And God, you want to use me. That's why I'm here. Isn't that a much better outlook? Then saying, woe is me. Why am I here? Acts 27 and 1, and when it was determined that we should set sail to Italy, uh, they departed, uh, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. And so these ship coordinates were entered and they were headed to Italy. Paul obviously had no say in where they were headed as he was just a prisoner like the rest. Uh, in verse 13, and when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, losing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called a Eurocladon. Do you know what Eurocladon means? It means tempestuous wind. There you go. It also means a violent agitation, not a small or normal agitation, but a violent agitation. I don't know about you, but a, a small agitation can be bad enough, you know, uh, getting a little uh, a rock in your shoe or something in your shoe or you just lying on your sock is not lined up and just, you know, a slight agitation. Or a, or a popcorn kernel stuck in your teeth. That's a small agitation. But it feels, it's, it just, you're not, you're, you're not the same. You can't think right. And it's just a tiny little piece stuck in your tooth. And, and you know something's off. And, uh, but imagine a Eurocladon stuck in your teeth. You probably won't have any teeth after that. It's a violent agitation. Uh, but as annoying as an agitation can be, it is how you respond to it that determines your outcome. If you don't take off your shoe and remove that thing, it's, you're going to lose your mind. If you don't get a toothpick out and, and get that kernel, you're going to feel it every second of the day. Uh, those are agitations that we can do something about. Uh, but what happens when you encounter a Eurocladon? When something comes into your life beyond your control, that's when you need to let God deal with it. You need to, you need to begin to seek the face of God say, God, I can't, I can't handle this. This is beyond me, Lord. I'm turning to you. I'm going to know, I'm going to call out to you, and you're going to know where I am because I'm your child, and I have your covering, I have your anointing, and so you know exactly where I am, and so uh, I'm not even going to try to handle this thing. Those are the kind of things you just need to go to God first. Amen? When you put your trust in God, you know who you are, that you're a child of God and you're anointed, and that God is going to keep me and uh, release the peace in my life that I need. Um, otherwise, what's the, uh, if God doesn't do that, what's, the, uh, what's the, the most horrible result? You die and you go to heaven. How bad is that? 
He'll provide assurance from the anointing that will cover you. It'll cover that agitation so that you can continue in his will uh, because there's a purpose and a plan that we are all there uh, in whatever situation that we are. Uh, and so um, we need to make sure that we, we just let God's grace cover us and we'll get through it. We'll make it through no matter what happens. We're going to get through it uh, with the help of God. An oyster is not impressive to look at. It's all raggedy and, and wretched. Oysters like to be left alone uh, and just to live their life, kind of like us. Uh, but an interesting process happens when something uh, comes into its life unexpectedly. When something beyond its control moves in, something as small as a piece of sand, a a small uh, agitation, as we would think. But to an oyster, that little piece of sand, that's a Eurachlodon. That, that, that messes his whole life up. When this circumstance enters its shell and begins to agitate it, the oyster has an internal protective layer. It's called the mantle. This mantle is activated when foreign matter comes in. And the mantle not only protects the oyster's organs and life, but the mantle also releases something to combat this object. The, the, the mantle releases nacre, which uh, covers the threat over and over, and it continues covering this agitation. And the threat or the circumstance is not removed. It doesn't spit the, spit the sand out but it just covers it, like God's grace just kind of covers us, and it's just there. I mean, we're, we're, we're there, and we, we feel at ease. We, we know, we feel the Spirit of God moving, and we, we know that we are in the right place, and so um, it's covered, and it's covered, and over time, it produces a precious and valuable pearl. Sometimes things come into our life not to destroy us, but to produce something in us, to produce something in us. God is trying to produce something, and we many times we ask God to remove it. God, get this out of my life. God, this is bring some discomfort to me. I don't want this in my life, but God says, no, uh, you keep it in there, and I'll cover it in you. I'll cover it in your life. I'll keep it in there because you will become a better person because of that. God, make us a better person. Make us a better man or better woman of God. Whatever it is you have to do, God, if you have to send a slight agitation in our lives, God, you, we know that you'll provide the covering to help us endure through it all so that we can become stronger and we can produce something that you are looking for us. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about this. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. He, wanted, he didn't want this agitation in his life, as none of us want. We want a nice, comfort, and cozy uh, memory foam life. Uh, but that's not going to produce anything good out of us, is it? We'll just be super lazy. And 
And, and so God, Paul is saying, I, I pray to the Lord, God, get this thing out of me. I don't deserve this, all that I'm doing for you, Lord. And uh, I don't deserve to have this in my life. I shouldn't have to deal with these things. And, um, and God said unto him, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And so most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so if you want more of God in your life, you need to allow him to do something in you because not only will he bring that agitation, but it'll also provide a covering. He'll keep you safe. He'll, he'll cover you with his, with his grace and his mercy. And he'll give you his strength when we feel weak and we cannot make it. God's hand will cover us and we will be able to endure and God will then begin to produce something in us that w otherwise we would not do on our own. Who's, who's, who will voluntarily say, let me have all these agitations in my life? We don't, we, don't do, we don't volunteer for that. But when they do come, the covering is there. God's anointing is there to help us to endure, to get us through. He doesn't always remove the agitation in our lives, but sometimes he'll just cover them. He'll just cover them with grace. He'll cover them with his blood. He'll cover them with his mercy so that we can continue doing what God has called us to do. If God doesn't remove the storm in your life, that means he wants you to go through it. That means he's got a purpose for you in that storm, but he will cover you the whole time, all the way through. I'm going through the storm, and I've got a covering upon me. I've got God's hand watching over me. I'm going to make it through this. I'm going to be on the other side with God. I'm going to make sure, God's going to make sure that he has his will done in my life. And so what should I fear? What should I have to worry when I have the covering of God in my life? Amen. We may have those agitations, but that means we also get God's covering, God's hand upon us. Amen. Musicians, if you would come. Acts 27. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them, saying, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not loosed from Crete, that he gained this harm and loss. Now I exhort you to be of good cheer, that there should be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I, may, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought unto Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee uh, all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. It shall be even as it was told me. And, and so things weren't looking good on the outside. The scenery, uh, the scenery wasn't pretty. And uh, I, I don't know how I ended up here, uh, a prisoner on a transport ship, and now a storm has come as if things weren't already bad enough. Now a storm has come. But what does the storm have against the anointing of God? What does the storm, what can it do against being covered by the hand of God? Uh, the storm's coming, but I'm covered by God. I have a protection around me. Uh, God's going to give me peace. God's going to provide assurance, and he's going to release the power of God that I shall be able to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And so be of good cheer. I believe God, and it shall be what he told me. That's what Paul told to them. Don't worry, guys. 
God told me that nobody's going to die. The ship will lose the ship, but we're not going to lose a, 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 a single person. And so I don't know where you are in life. You may be going through a storm right now. Or maybe there's one coming in your life. But it, it really doesn't matter if you are a child of God and you are covered by his anointing and his mantle upon your life. Uh, this is not the time to fret or fear because God's hand is upon us. His anointing, and that's what's going to keep us and protect us and bring us through. God's given you a purpose, and he's going to fulfill it in your life. Amen. If he's spoken things to you for you to do, God's going to see to it that you're going to get it done through his hand. It doesn't matter what comes your way. I'm protected by God. I have his covering in my, over my life, and he's called us for a purpose of such a time as this, amen, so we're going to see great things come, amen, as long as we don't give up or, or quit or throw in a towel, but why should we when we are protected by God? Philippians 1 and 6, be confident in this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. If God has started something in you, he's going to finish it. He's got a plan and a purpose. Paul, you're going to stand before Caesar. You haven't done yet, that yet, so this storm is nothing to worry about. I'm going to keep you and I'm going to bring you through it. And so what God has promised you, what he has spoken to you, I believe he's gonna it's going to happen. Why? Because God's going to perform his will. His word goes forth and it does not return void. It doesn't matter what we face or what we go through. Amen. We have the covering of God, and it's time to hold on to his word and his protection. You stand with me today. Acts 27 and 30. As the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. After Paul stood up and told them that nobody will perish, because he heard from God and God's covering was going to be there to keep them. There were guys who were getting ready to jump ship, to go out on their own and just save themselves. But Paul said, if you don't stay here, you're not going to make it. Unless you stay in the ship, you're going to perish. Not because the ship was unsinkable, but solely because Paul was in the ship. And the covering is covering Paul and those that are around him. The anointing of God was uh, upon Paul. And, and so he was the only one, the only child of God in that boat. He was the only one that had an anointing from God that they all may have been prisoners together, but only one of them carried a call from God. And it's that calling, it's that covering that Paul had 
that kept everyone else safe. And so wherever Paul was, that's where they all needed to be. Because he was the anointed one and he had the covering from God. And God was extending grace to those prisoners, to those sinners, to those backsliders, not because of how they were living, but because of how Paul was living. Because of his walk with God. Because of Paul's prayers was now there's grace extended to everyone else. You see, we got to be careful that we don't, uh, we don't start complaining about to God why we're in a situation. Because just like this, other people could be saved because we are in that situation with them. But are we going to allow God to use us and work through us? Are we going to allow to, to suffer a little bit, to feel some agitation from the comforts of our life so that God can perform a good work in us, so that God can work through us and we don't have anything to fear because we come here every week. We feel the power and presence of God. Why should we fear what comes down? Down the road what's coming next no we know that God is in control we are his children and we have a covering by God and so we are gonna allow God to do his work see there are people in your life family members friends co-workers backsliders they are being kept safe because of you. Because of your walk. Because of your faithfulness. Because of your prayer. So it's not time to quit praying. It's not the time to quit interceding for them. Why? I believe grace is coming to them too. I believe God is calling out to them again in these last days. There's going to go forth a call. Amen. To those that are lost, to those that have been here before, come on, come back home. There's grace here. There's mercy here. And so all because of us, uh, where we are in our lives and the covering that's upon us. God's going to use us to reach somebody else. The time is running out. There are still unfulfilled promises of God, unfulfilled uh, answered prayers, and the church is on course for revival. And so we've raised our sails. We're following God, and we're going to believe that we're going to see it. Amen. And so we have to do our part in this. Amen. It doesn't matter what we're going through. God's in control. We're not going to cry to God, woe is me, why do I deserve this? No, we're going to say, God, use me in this. I know you're greater than this problem. I know you're greater than this situation. Help me to be a light to somebody else. Help me to reach somebody. It's not about me. Help me to teach a Bible study to somebody, to show them the revelation of the, of the Word of God. And so don't cry, woe is me. Start crying out, who can I reach? Who can I minister to? Because most of the time we're not in this by ourselves. There's always other people in there. And so even though this world is getting dark, amen, and the, the, the enemy's preparing a, a Eurocladon to try to get a hold of us, amen, we're in, this, we're in the ship, we're safe uh, inside the church. That's what God is coming back for, the church of the living God. Amen, you, you, you don't want to leave the church. 
because here in the church, that's where the safety is. That's where the covering is. That's where the children of God are. Uh, amen. And so we can't allow things in our lives to eat at our feet. I believe God has a, a plan and a purpose for each and every one of you. There are people that you are going to reach that nobody else can, that I can't reach. And it, 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 God may have to bring some storms in your life, but we got to be okay with that. We got to be okay, God. I know it's your will. I want your will, not my will. I want your plan to be done, not my plan, because if it was my plan, it would be all nice and easy, wouldn't it? But God has a work. He wants to produce something in us, and sometimes it takes that agitation to, to begin that work deep down inside, and we begin to seek the face of God. Say, God, use me, Lord. God, help me in this situation. But I want to open up these altars to those who want to get, get, get a hold of God. Maybe you're going through a hard time, and you just need to feel the presence of God. Come on down here. Maybe you need, you've got some agitation in your life. Come on and get some more grace here today. Come on. We are going to be victorious. We are on the winning side. Why? Because we have the covering in our life. We have the anointing of God. Come on, let's, let's pray and praise and worship like we are the people of God. Nothing's going to hold us back. Nothing's going to hold us down. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's pray for somebody. Be a comfort to them. Speak words of encouragement. It's not about me. How can I bless somebody else? We've heard that there is God's gonna keep me safe. God's gonna cover us. 